Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Sunday, November 12th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 545 features Mass Live's Brian Robb. And I'm Evan Valenti. Today's show is powered by FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers receive $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to edition of Celtics Beat. Want to welcome everybody to what is obviously your favorite Celtics podcast, or, or, you're just <laughs> such a huge fan of the Winning Plays podcast, also part of the CLNS Media Network, that you cannot get enough of Brian Robb, and you simply want him wherever you can find him, and we have him here. So either way, whichever it is, column A, column B, we're happy to have you here. We're happy to have you here, B-Rob. How are you, buddy? How you been? I'm good, man. And I don't know if you got, you guys might have missed the update on winning plays now. It has turned into still potable. I'm teaming up with myself and Jay King and Sam Packard. Whoa. We're doing a daily Celtics podcast now that just started in the last couple of weeks. So I did not know that. Yeah. It's under the radar. We didn't do anything too big with it yet, but it's, um, yeah. If you, people want to check it out, you can check in the winning place feed for it. But then we're also going daily on Patreon. Um, so you go patreon.com slash still potable. You can get us five days a week often. So you get Celtics B in the weekend and you get still potable the rest of the week for your full Celtics fill. So are, are you that I'm getting in the weeds now? Are you still part of CLNS or, or have you, uh, uh yeah, yeah, that, that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Make sure that, uh, you know, we still have ample <laughs> supply of Celtics podcasts under the CLNS media umbrella. We're, we're hopeful to be that, that, that's the, the we're figuring that out now, but that's, that's, Hopefully where we end up. Good. Glad to hear it. And then, uh, well, this is, see, Ev, I, I don't really know why. It's actually sort of ass backwards when you think about it, because we will, you know, we'll have B-Rob, we'll have, God, I don't know, you name it. Like any number of people that seem to have Celtics podcasts that will come on this show, like Barrett has his with the ringer, like people that are frequent contributors to the program gary washburn also part of clns he's got the a-list podcast we have Sherrod on a bunch of stuff. bobby manning you know garden report guys that's for whatever reason corrales who's obviously not part of clns but he's got the lockdown podcast and then jay king or jam those guys who you know have had their various uh incarnations of podcasts over the years we don't really have those guys, and it's there's there's no like reason for it. We like them; they're good guys. We get along well. 
we we got to mix them into the rotation. I think, especially if if King and Jam are coming over to CLNS. Yeah, I mean, we got to we got to roll out the red carpet, the welcome wagon, so to speak, for those those gentlemen. Uh, it's always nice sharing the space with everybody, but you know, everybody knows the those those three individuals uh, help make up what is an excellent job of people that cover this team, whether it's people you know boots on the ground. You know, at, you know, at TD Garden on the road with them, you know, going daily like Corrales does or whether it's, you know, trying to be a little quirky and funny like my man, Sam, the Jam Packard. He's just one of my favorite followers of all time. And Jay King brings a little bit of both. So it's like, you know, it's it's between that and everybody at CLNS, we got everybody covered. I mean, it is it. Dude, what do you think about the plethora? Forsberg, of- I didn't even mention Forsberg. That's another one too. He comes on all the time. The He's plethora of options that you have for just quality content revolving around this team is really unbelievable. Like I don't think any other team outside of like the Lakers um, has just the amount of content crew that that the Celtics have. I mean, I mean, literally our entire network's like dedicated to it. So it's pretty pretty impressive. I, I think the Lakers are up there. The Warriors are up there for sure. But in terms of like just craving content from a certain uh, individualistic basketball team, uh, Celtics are way up there for sure. Content kings, baby. Content kings. Yeah, then, then again, those jerks don't have us on their podcast, so I guess we probably shouldn't feel well, bad, you know, right? You know, with with what uh, Evan just mentioned, B Rob, it is interesting. Do you ever think about the fact that you know you can have all of these? I mean, Jesus, like we could probably name a dozen Celtics podcasts just among people that we know. Never mind all of the ones that exist from people that we don't know or don't work with that obviously have decided to just launch their own Celtics pods there. Yeah. I mean, really what, if, if you want to discover all of them, just like search Drew Carter's name, because he popped on all of them <laughs> when he got the job to uh, supplant or, or succeed uh, Mike Gorman, obviously. But the uh, it's like, do you ever think about the fact that man, like if this team blew, if this team wasn't where it is in its you know, chase, for banner 18 if it just like if this was they're the patriots if it was um, no it'd be great I mean, sure but I, I mean i'm thinking like if if it was like 2014 you know where where they were brad you know had just gotten the job you know he's a year in at that point anyway and you know they're coming off a 25 win season basically it was it was one celtics at seven launched on the sports <laughs> you're right you know can those are great shows Kyle. i mean i i think it's to get to your point of question, I think where you're at is like this. I think it's a lot of it. Obviously, the team being good certainly helps. For, but like, I also think it's a very, and I think a lot of NBA fan bases are like this, just a very committed fan base in general. And a yeah. lot of like smart fans, a lot of passionate fans um, back now, obviously, and also back when they were, you know, Brad Stevens was just starting and they were starting to jumpstart the rebuild 10 years ago during the Celtics at seven days. So it's like, I think you're seeing you know, the evolution of it as through time, but there's certainly, um, I think it's, I think it speaks more just to the fact that there is a very large passion fan base all over the, the country and the world, obviously. And um, the people were trying to feed them with uh, so they're out to a seven and two start. And uh, you know, the, the last couple of games have been wildly entertaining, a ton of fun, obviously a blowout win of the Raptors. Uh, wasn't so good for a parlay that I had built blowouts never are in gambling. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, the Nets game, that, that in-season tournament game, I don't know why I put in quote fingers. It, it is the in-season tournament. Even I, I, I probably put in quote fingers cause I just don't care, but we'll get to that. Uh, coming off a, a couple of narrow losses, the overtime defeat to, uh, the Timberwolves and then falling in Philadelphia as well. People were starting to, uh, you know, raise the, 
the the red flags so oh this uh, there's this issue with the bench or obviously ball movement which i actually do think is an issue or you know what a minutes look like when tatum is on the bench and and how the uh lack of production uh looks at at that point there are all sorts of different things obviously but at seven and two right now what are your big takeaways are you surprised by anything that you've seen with this new look group since we're catching up with you here for the first time since the season began yeah i mean i think they're honestly ahead of schedule in terms of how they look right now um on both ends of the floor to be honest they had a couple blips there on the road against good teams in Minnesota and Philly. Um, so it's easy this past week. There's obviously a lot of attention on that, but you look at how they play in those games, how they shot in those games. And it's like, all right, they shot like 38% and they still were, had a chance to win both of those games. So that's a situation, I guess more of the Minnesota one than the Philly one. But to me, they're third in defensive rating, third in offensive rating right now. And you talk to these guys in the locker room and they're just telling us, yeah, like we are just like, we have so much more room to grow right now. Like our chemistry is going to be so much better. So there's been rough spots here or there, but the Porzingis fit, I think has been tremendous. I think Drew Holiday, the sacrifice in terms of doing whatever the team needs on any given night has been very good as well. Knowing what, how he is as a player, that's not a big surprise, but all things considered, comparing to what the where the rest of the East is, comparing to where new splashy additions are like in Milwaukee and the Clippers of Harden and Lillard, like there's a lot to like in terms of where this team is right now. I think I don't have to agree with that, Kaufman. It's just really been you know, even even like we're talking about like at the end of games, just process stuff. Which oh, you text me during games and you're just in ecstasy. Well, for the most part, yeah. I mean, how could you not be? They're winning by 30, you know, points a game every other game. It's, it's just outrageous. And, you know, there's some, you know, again, at the end of games against, you know, against Minnesota, especially against the, the, the Sixers as well. There's some process stuff that needs to be ironed out and worked out. And I think if you have concern about that, it's okay. Um, I think it's, it's fair to be concerned because it looks like it normally does for the past couple of years. Um, you know, the Tatum on off splits. Uh, this has been a problem. This is now the third straight year of this problem where, where the Celtics took Tatum's on the floor. They're unbelievable. He's off the floor and they kind of crater. This is like the third straight year of that. So, you know, these are things that we've seen have been problems. The idea of being that bringing in some new, new fresh blood with Porzingis and Holiday is going to help fix that. And we, you know, I think people need to give them some time to figure that out. But when it looks good, baby, it looks good, man. They, I mean, the Porzingis thing is just revolutionary only because they hunt mismatches now. Like, like, like it's, it's really fun to watch this team hunt. Like that it's, it's, it's gone from a team that, you know, relied on the perimeter a lot, you know, you know, uh, attacking the, the rim a lot, you know, for kick out threes and all that stuff. This team instead just hunts. If they have any size advantage, they just go after it. And I think it's awesome. They do it quickly. Um, Porzingis has been just fun to watch him pick on smaller guys. Tatum's got people in torture chamber. The offense, when it's really clicking, is unbelievable. And defensively, they're way, way further along than I would expect, considering they have so many new pieces and faces in that in that core five. Again, seven and two, two losses to really good teams. I love Minnesota, and Philly's been really great. So you can't, again, could they be perfect? Sure. But you know what? Nine games in, you got to feel positive. So going forward here, uh, I guess, you know, let's, uh, I don't want to turn this thing negative. I, I think the positives are overwhelming. We could sit here and recite all of them, but 
why not be a little bit constructive, obviously, B-Rob? At 7-2 and two and, uh, you know, some uh, interesting tests coming up. You know, you got the Knicks, again, who are not a bad team. They're not a great team. They're kind of middle of the pack, obviously. This game is uh, on Monday. Might very well be uh, tonight if you're listening to this on Monday morning. We're recording here on a Sunday. Uh, at Philadelphia, at Toronto, uh, these are, are games that are happening before next weekend anyway. So it's kind of a, a busy week and obviously a, a road trip coming up here, the four-gamer that includes stops in Memphis and Charlotte. What are some of the things that you think this team has to work on to sort of alleviate any concerns that people do have right now uh, that that are within their control? You can always worry about injuries and things like that. But things that are within their control, uh, where do you fall on that? Yeah, I think you can certainly like a couple areas. The, I think the bench situation is something that's worth keeping a close eye on. I mean, we know like Payne Pritchard's had a rough start. He had a nice game Friday, but by and large, he's been down. Al Horford's shooting has been off a little bit as well to start the year. Um, so how much of that you want to say? Oh, it's like a 10 game sample size, a little slump to start versus like, all right, are these areas that, you know, do they need more? firepower up the bench eventually if you know looking ahead to potential auditions there but then you look at you know guys like sam hauser i think has been you know played great he's been the most consistent guy there right now which i think is huge to have one of those got but mm-hmm. you know you go down like nine through 15 and it's kind of been trick-or-treat for that stuff and so that to me that's like not a huge deal at this point since it's early and everyone's healthy but i do think part of the equation here is trying to plan for okay, injuries are going to happen. Like there's injury prone players still on this roster or guys that you just want to rest regardless. And do we have all our, you know, holes filled on that front? And so trying to figure that out, figure out more of what these guys can do at the bottom of the roster um, in the next couple of months before those decisions are made, I think is a certainly a big part of the equation there since early on, a lot of them haven't, you know, especially a guy like Brissett, um, you know, Lamar Stevens has only gotten a couple chances, but by and large, I think that the bench is, is underwhelmed as a whole. House is the one that I, you know, I, I expect Peyton Pritchard to rebound. He, you know, shooter's got to shoot, obviously. He's going to find his rhythm. It's going to happen. He's, as we talked about plenty in the offseason, he's playing 20 minutes a game. I wouldn't be surprised if that number climbs a little bit, even he stays in that 20 to 25 window. Uh, with regularity, especially, you know, when inevitably guards miss time, Derek White missed time with the birth of a child, and, you know, guys are going to miss time for whatever personal reasons or injuries, and so it's only going to up potential Peyton minutes, but Hauser's the one that I just, I spent so much time, B-Rob, any listeners of this show, no, I spent so much time last year talking about how, man, when you lost to the Warriors, you really could have used a guy like Hauser off the bench. I mean, he could have potentially shot you out of some of those situations where the offense was stagnant. And fine, he's a rookie. He didn't really play during the regular season, didn't get that opportunity. You just sort of accept that. But last year was the opportunity to play him enough so that when the playoffs rolled around, he wasn't cold. He wasn't lacking confidence he wasn't you know afraid of the moment whatever it may be and he could go out there and at least potentially be that guy he could give you the opportunity to be that guy and I don't know if this is going from coach to coach to coach if it was you know uh, Joe didn't really trust him or just whatever he was not part of the rotation come the playoffs it just didn't happen and they really could have used him when they were eliminated by Miami so now he's playing 
and he's shooting well. He has a little bit of a slow start, but he's shooting almost 50%, 45% from three. He's playing about 20 minutes a game. He's averaging about 10 points. You would think he's a fixture in the rotation simply because they lack depth as compared to last year. They're much more top-heavy than they were in previous seasons, and that's fine. That's good. It's a different type of roster construction. They're trying something that is more in line with what the rest of the league does, and I like it. I'm good with it. But can I believe that Hauser is going to play when they actually need him versus, no, we're just going to have a six-man rotation, you know, if if we've got all our guys and Hauser, you're not part of it. Yeah, it's a fascinating question because I feel like Hauser played this well to start last year, too, in the regular season. Right. And then, you know, he kind of hit a blip midway through the season. And I think his trajectory last year kind of was like the rest of the team where, like, they came out great and then it was like, you know, they didn't build on anything in the second half of the year. And that kind of obviously showed itself in the playoffs um, in terms of, you know, some some bad losses, some really tough situations, and then the Miami situation we don't have to rehash, but yeah, I think it's a huge question. I'll be like, can, when push comes to shove, is he going to be able to be able to play 10 or 15 minutes off the bench in the playoffs? Like maybe not every game, but like enough to the point where he can a hit the shots he needs to. And he played 15 games in last year's playoffs. I'm looking at it now, but he only averaged seven minutes in those games. So like a lot of those were just like garbage time appearances. Yeah. And like, can't you I think Duncan Robinson or even a little bit right. better than that. Exactly. Like, and, the theory is, I mean, in year three, as he grows into it, the hope is like, yes, because it's like he is the perfect part to have around a Jason Tatum in terms of like he stays in his lane. He doesn't take dumb shots. He doesn't turn over the ball and he hits threes. So that's the guy you want to make teams think twice about double teaming Jason Tatum or just think twice about giving more attention to Porzingis as opposed to whatever there. So whether he can earn Joe Mazzulla's trust here over the course of the next couple of months, and I think it's going to be huge because if not, then that's certainly an area you're going to have to be like, all right, do we have to get someone better that we trust at the trade deadline in this kind of, you know, three, four-ish type role um, off the bench if we don't think Hauser's a guy when push comes to shove? If you look at some of his splits from last year, too, I pulled it up and it's like, yeah, he started the year on fire in October, 56% from three <laughs> on three a game. Um, he only really had a diff. In the middle of December and January, it was 28, 28% from three in December, 31% from three in January. And then it finished off February, 49% on five attempts a game, uh, March 42.6, so 43. And then April, 43% on 8.8 attempts a game. That's just four games in April. So it doesn't really mean a lot. Like he, he, a lot of attempts though. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I think it's just about consistency for him. If he can stay consistent, I mean, obviously there are going to be shooting woes throughout the year. It's just a, it's a game of variance, but like he isn't a tremendous shooter. And if he's given the opportunity to play with these guys, he's going to have wide open looks all the time. I mean, all the time. And as an open three point shooter, he's very good. I think Missoula is going to have to, you know, and maybe it's a little bit pandering to other guys on the roster last year. You, you know, you got to play smart, you got to play grand, or like whatever. I, I don't know. I'm not inside the wall. It was, it was crowded. It was crowded rotation last year for yeah. especially the playoffs. I think he. I think it's interesting, Kaufman. I thought it was interesting. You know, first couple of games, but I think it's still very. It seems like Hauser's role is pretty set in stone right now. I mean, you know, the first couple of games, he was one of the first guys off the bench. He is solidified in that top top eight, top seven. 
So at this point, I would say, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be relied on throughout the year. For him, it's just going to be a matter of being consistent and trying to make sure that he gets, you know, the, the process is good. Whether the shot's going or not, you know, that's going to come to go, but the process being good. Can he, can, can that be consistent through 82 games? Cause he's going to have plenty of opportunity, right? Somebody's got to come in between the, the Stevenses and the Brissettes and the Hausers and the, you know, We'll see what happens with Jordan Walsh down in Maine. There are minutes to be played on the wing because they have two absolute stud wing guys that can't play 48 minutes a game. There's going to be opportunities for these guys to play. Hauser is by far the leader in the clubhouse for the most reliable wing player they have. And it's just about him, you know, just staying consistent. In year three, you know, he's, he's had some ups, he's had some downs, but it's going to be about, you know, staying level. And I think, you know, if Missoula doesn't pull the plug on him too early like he has in the past, I think it's going to be all right. It's, his, I'll say this though, Kaufman, his mm-hmm. role is going to be vitally important for the reasons you discussed. You know, he's going to make life easier for everybody in an ideal world, right? Offensively, at least. A lot of great stuff from B Rob. We'll get right back to him, talk more C's. But first, Ev, of course, we got to thank the uh, fine people that make this show possible. Yeah, today's show is powered by FanDuel. Score earliest NFL season and the NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bets. 150 bucks if your team wins. Just on the money line. I've been posting different money line bets throughout the week. Make sure you pay attention to my Twitter page. We'll be giving out winners for these exact situations. Money lines only. If you're thinking about Jordan FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action than right now. And the app, folks, on your phone, so easy to use. It is a complete joke how easy it is to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more, and I was talking to Kaufman a little bit pre-show about this, about this particular uh, segment of our show. I usually give out the money line winners, but what we're going to do today is instead of giving you a money line winner, because I, I normally would just give you the Celtics because they've just been killing teams, but they're playing the Knicks on Monday night. Knicks traditionally play the Celtics very tough, especially under Thibodeau, so we're going to leave that alone. I'm going to tell you again, with your bonus bets that you win, things to a money line bet, those that buck fifty. I told you Jokic early season, get in on that number. I think it was like plus 360, maybe plus even 400 at some point. Preseason to win MVP, Jokic already on to plus 250. All right? Didn't take long for that to, 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 basketball. To, to go. Yeah, Nikola Jokic, Kaufman, good at basketball. What do you know? I'd still throw a little bit there. The Luka piece, though, undeniable, plus 450. An Ooh. easy one there. I think if you bet on Joel Embiid at plus 750, you're lighting money on fire. Same with Tatum. Sorry, folks. Too many good players on the team. Yep. But I love Curry plus 1,100 still hanging around there. So just some ideas to sprinkle a little bit on Jokic, Doncic, and Curry for MVP on FanDuel. Make sure, folks, you get in on the action today. Visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. Kick off the NFL season and the NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL 21 plus in present Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame online wager required. First online real money wager only. First deposit required of $10. Bonus issued is now travel bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helplinema.org or call 800 327 
50-50 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Excellent. Let's get back to the show. B-Rob, we, something that Evan and I have been texting about with uh, our buddy Seth, who comes on from time to time, I think you've met him or at least talked to him before, uh, is, is we alluded to it before, the Jason Tatum on-off splits and, you know, why it is, and this is not a Joe thing specifically, this happened with Emei, it happened with Brad, uh, as, as these guys have, you know, grown into the players they are now. But especially now, why there's this insistence to stagger the Jays and play them just not as frequently together and and how much more dominant, how much better a team they are, which is not rocket science, when both the Jays, Tatum and Brown, are on the floor together. You know, like Seth sends along uh, Jalen and Porzingis with Tatum on uh, the, what's this, the net rating, Ev, plus 28 Jalen and uh and Porzingis would take him off. Yeah. M- minus seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the three of them on the floor together is insane. And when, when Tatum's not there, it's not nearly as good. So I know you're not going to play him 48 minutes a game. You're not going to play him 40 minutes a game. This isn't, you know, the, the Jordan era or something like that. But you would think there could be a little bit more overlap between these guys beyond obviously starting minutes than we're seeing right now. It, it seems like they're just perfectly comfortable to have a mix of the starters with a guy or two off the bench and have Tatum with an entire bench unit at times, just because obviously he's capable of carrying that. And that's great. He's a superstar. He's an MVP candidate, but are they necessarily not that I know better than Joe, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a consumer and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm within my right to question. Are they at their, at their best, are they are they you know coaching their smartest in terms of the way they're working these rotations right now? I mean, I think there is a lot of experimentation now with Porzingis and Drew in the fold, and I don't think you know they've settled on the the perfect you know plan for that. And I do think there's a point, um, Coppin, that you're, you're I think you're getting to here is like when, especially when we get to bigger games and the playoffs, obviously, like what is the best course of attack there of like maximizing those two together and like playing off of each other. But when you have in, you know, four stars, I don't know, Derek White may be considered a star by the end of the season. If, if he keeps up some of these numbers, we'll see, like, we'll say, you know, four and a half there, whatever, like you want to, to, to help change the deck there. Like maybe we're just going to see a lot of like Jalen Porzingis and Drew Holiday lineups. And because, because Tatum has shown himself capable of with that, carrying that bench unit with the plus minuses for years to come. Like the sample size is there. It's like, okay, Tatum is a great passer. Tatum's a great shooter. Put some shooters around him without Horford. He's going to be fine. He's going to kick the crap out of other second units. If that's, if you're winning games with that, I have no problem with that. If they're, if the, you know, like, which it has by and large been fine the last few, for you guys here, where if things start to go awry there, or just like that combination with Brown and Porzingis doesn't get better, then yeah, I think you have to look at it being like, okay, how do we have to tinker with this more? How can we better, you know, maximize Tatum's minutes and maybe get him bring the best out of Jalen more if that's like ultimately what we want to be a priority for this, you know, to, to get to a title, like we need that. Um, so that's, to me, that's going to be a lot of experimentation all year, but I'll be curious. I think that is something for, you know, if you're a subject, that's definitely worth watching to see how that kind of plays out because 
I think there is still a lot unsettled there in terms of what what's the best you know lineups on any given night and even from quarter to quarter. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find a, a lineup. Uh, I was just going through it really quickly to try and find a lineup. What happened? Like, what's the best? F- because Seth has has floated out the just play the Jays together all the time and and stop trying to stagger them. You know, can they yeah. survive with a Porzingis, Holiday, White, Hauser, and X? You know, Al Horford. What does that lineup look like? And they find can they survive in those minutes? Were they weak? Were they strong? I mean, that that team can spread the floor, no question. You know, can Holiday and White and Porzingis put together enough playmaking and offensive like creation to keep that line afloat? Because obviously, you could space the floor with five out. Um, Horford sure. obviously spaced the three point line. Porzingis is outrageous. Um, but you know, the, the I guess the the shot creation is the only question there. Could between White, Porzingis, and Holiday, could you get enough? On the offensive side of the ball, defensively, I mean, obviously you're not going to always win every minute of every game, but mm-hmm. can you stay afloat? Can you keep it close? Like, that's the thing Denver tried to figure out last year is like, okay, the Jokic minutes, we're killing teams. The non-Jokic minutes, it's not great. So how do we how do we shorten the gap a little bit by bringing those non-Jokic minutes closer to the Jokic minutes? Because once they solve that problem, everybody's dead. So can the Celtics figure out a way to do the same thing and maybe experimenting with both of them off, trying to figure out a five that works with, you know, or surrounding the three stars, quote unquote, that they have. That's a question Missoula's got to answer by the end of the year. And it's, and again, the, the on-off stuff with Tatum has been a problem for three. This is now the third straight year of this problem. So at some point we got to, there's got to be some sort of, and this is why the regular season is important. They're going to experiment a little bit, but there's got to be an answer to this question. Otherwise, if it's not on the roster right now, they got to figure out who that guy's going to be come February. Yeah, without a doubt. But you're, I think you're, it's a good point. I mean, like, we, I don't think we've seen much of the Drew, Porzingis, no Jay, no Jalen, like, minutes period. I mean, I'm sure they've played together at Spurs, but I feel like we, that's the lineup we haven't seen much of. And I do think, yeah, like, if maybe if Tatum, I think in the past, it made a lot more sense to stagger. Jalen and Jason, because that's you needed that shot creation with the bench unit, just based on what you had talent wise. Now with this team with Holiday and White developing and Porzingis here, you may not necessarily need that. And if Jalen plays that much better with Tatum, then maybe you, you just roll with that and have see what Porzingis and Drew and how White and company can do as your primary other, you know, bench unit. I feel like there hasn't been maybe I'm wrong about this. And maybe it's just, I'm not listening or reading the right stuff. I feel like, you know, I like people are writing articles. You know, I saw one from Washburn earlier today about how everyone is is cohesively fixated on Banner 18 and, and like winning his first all that, like obviously. But I'm I'm wondering because you're so much closer to it than Evan and I are. I mean, you're there. You're in the locker room, you're there every day at practice games, all of that. Just culture, right? Like what what is what does this look like? Clearly it's good. So I'm not, I'm not like digging for something negative. I'm just wondering, um, you know, how it compares with Porzingis in holiday in versus the Williams and smart out, you know, what's the feel around the room and just this group versus what it was last year. I think it's been, you know, it's, it's surpassed my expectations so far in terms of like, you think those are two, you know, big personalities that everyone loved in locker room and, and Marcus and Grant. Um, but I guess what's impressed me so far is like the Porzingis buy-in is like 
even far better. I didn't like, you know, it's tough. Porzingis' track record in his career, he's had ups and downs, and he's never considered me first guy, but certainly not someone you know for for his passing or, like, sacrifice, whatever. But he's, ever since he got here, he's really saying all the right stuff on that front, and his play on the court actually is backing it up to where it's, like, the one thing, like, yeah, like, it's fine. I don't care if I get five or ten shots one night if I'm, like, you know, let other guys eat, if you will, or whatever the best matchup is. But he's kind of been leading into that and leading into, you know, hey, like, yeah, it's a rough loss, but we're going to learn from this. Like, this is, I'm like, you know, embracing the loss stuff. It's like, okay, like, this is, I mean, who knows? It's three weeks in. We'll see what we look like in, you know, the middle of a playoff series on this stuff. But, like, that's the stuff. For this to work, you need that from him. And Drew Holiday, they were throwing every question, like, like, what are you going, like, teammate of the year, like, three times. Like, I don't think anyone is surprised that he's able to come in here and, like, give them whatever they want. But Porzingis with me was the guy like, okay, is he going to actually like, you know, sacrifice himself for the state of the team and like do the, you know, the dirty work, if you will, with screening and all that stuff. And it seems like he is so far. And so that, that just raises this team to low. And then I think that has helped behind the scenes locker room wise being like, okay, everyone's bought in here. Everyone's on the same page. Like you don't have to worry about that part of it. And that is, I think, translating into the start they've had so far. Kaufman, look at this man. He has not stopped smiling. This is after this is with Abby Chin after the game against the Raptors. This has been permanently on his face since he got to Boston. He has looked like this every day. I think B Rob's right on the money here. Getting Porzingis to buy in from minute one has been a huge lift for this team in terms of keeping the focus on the right thing. He's come in, he's like, We're, you know, and I think he said it really well. Like, uh, after this particular win against the Raptors, he's like, obviously, we're not going to. You know, things are, aren't going to be as easy as they've been for us. Like, this is important for us to understand, like, yeah, we had some bad games. We can overcome those bad games and look great pretty quickly. And, and he's just – all the stuff that you hear from him, from everybody on this team, It's if you're looking for focus, they've all said the right stuff ever since Drew Holiday got there. And it's it's really awesome to just hear everybody talk about, yep, you know, this is one of 82. We're going to keep building and building and building until we get to the playoffs. And, like, these games are, are you know, good tests for us. You know, it, it, whether it's they, they win by 50 or they win by two or they lose on the road. Like, they're learning lessons. They're The building blocks are there. It's been, again, an, I think probably a significantly uh, less effortless start to the season than last year was in the year prior. This has been awesome. A uh, bigger picture thing for you, B Rob, while we've got you a few more minutes. It, you know, we've this in season tournament is underway, obviously. People saw the new jerseys, the new courts across the league. The, I mean, nobody, uh, like when I say nobody, I don't mean people like yourself. I mean, the average fan, I don't think, has a clue how this works uh, in terms of the, like, the, the standings and playing toward the in season championship. And, you know, I, I sincerely hope that whichever team wins this freaking thing, there's a banner and a, and a champagne bath and a, a bender for a week. Yeah. Like if, if we're going to pretend this is a thing, let's really make it a thing. Let's give guys, you know, medals if they're not going to get rings. But I mean, let's really play it up. I see there are a whole bunch of people, whole bunch of just, I, I won't name names, but there are people out there on social media that are talking about the, you know, praising Adam Silver for, innovation and if you don't create their blah 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 there's there's another expression to be rob which is if it ain't broke don't fix it i don't care 
I I don't think I'm even in the minority among people that don't care. I think the players themselves really don't care because even the individual amount of money that they get if they win the thing, these guys, most of them anyway, certainly top half of rosters, make so much money that this is chump change. This is not, you know, motivating to, you know, they're going to alter their load management. They're, they're going to play through something. They're like, we got to win this in season, in season banner. Uh, And it's, I'm not trying to be like Debbie Downer about the thing. I just think, I don't know. It's basketball doesn't need to be soccer. I'm glad it works for international soccer. That's wonderful. The NBA doesn't need it. You know, we don't need to just create new things to drum up more in-season interest when you don't have i even seen correct me if i'm wrong please let me if, if the, know if there's anyone within the celtics that have spoken about this and i just missed it i haven't seen anyone take on the role of like league ambassador talking about how great this is and how uh needed something like this was and how much fun it is and this is a cool little wrinkle and you know we we can't wait to compete for this thing and that I've, the, the only interviews i've seen are players who are asked about it and them saying yeah i honestly i i don't even really get it or know how it works so if that's what the players are saying how are the fans or media like yourself supposed to feel about this thing yeah the I think that's been by and large. The, the one guy who has been like a little more excited about the rest is Porzingis because he has that European background of being like, okay, I've seen this in I'm a soccer fan. Like he's seen this over there. So he, he, you know, he's not going nuts over it, but he, when we talked to him about it last week, he was a little bit being like, oh yeah, this is, I think it's going to work. Like we'll see how it goes, but I think people get excited about it. But yeah, to your point, the, especially like the pool play games, like no one, no one knows the different, like the court is different, obviously, but that's, that's the only thing that like, fans will see differently the players won't be turning it on anymore when we get to the knockout round that's the, the part where i will be curious to see if we just see an extra level at that point when there's like okay it's simple at this point you win you go on and if you win three games you're the the title winner and you get to go to vegas um to celebrate that i think that's that's when they're hopefully banking on some real buzz um coming through from and obviously from a real interest from a player perspective in terms of intensity, in terms of um, emotion. And, but yeah, Hey, if you're, if you're paying Pritchard or Sam Hauser, like that's 25, 30% of your salary if you win the tournament. So if you get to that week, like those guys are going to well, be getting after Payton's it. Payton's got a fat new contract now. He does too. But for this year, I think he's only making a couple million dollars or whatever. Um, so the, the back in the roster and for as much as these guys, you know, like the Tatum and the Browns of the world, they don't, you know, this is a drop in the bucket for them. Like, who's to say, like, you know, that's a bunch of money that they can, you know, give away to other staffers with the team and stuff like that. So they're going to be, I think they'll be, I'm curious to see, but I think they'll be pretty good buy-in from teams that have that kind of like a culture of knowing, like, you know, they're trying to win something bigger. They know this isn't going to matter any of the big picture, but this is, hey, this is some reps for when it really counts, you know, five or six months down the line. So from that standpoint, like, I agree, like, you don't necessarily need it, but, like, when you're going against the NFL and the, the dog days of the regular season, like, hey, whatever, like, see what happens. Maybe they'll be a complete flop, but maybe they'll be, get some, some buzz for a week and they'll, they'll like that too. See, that's something I would like to see, and it probably won't happen. And I'm not even saying that in a judgmental way. I just, it's human nature, right? Like, you get a fat check for 500 grand, you're going to keep it. But I, you know, I, 
that would be like that's good PR. That would be great for the league, for teams, for players. If you know, you let's just say for the sake of playing this out because this is this show. It is what it is. The Celtics go on, they win this tournament. All these guys get this money. Tatum Brown, they certainly don't need it. Tatum's about to get, you know, he already has more money than he will ever know what to do with. And he's about to get a a new contract. That's going to pay him that much more. Obviously Brown, you know, $300 million man. Like let's see the, the, these players get this money and, and, you know, they, they throw a couple million dollars toward, heather walker's fun you know what i mean like that like that that would be really interesting that would be really good pr that would be really good for the league of okay but this isn't just money that's going in you know more money to the superstars pockets the rich getting richer all of that now it's now it's being distributed like you said given given to staffers in a form or another it's 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 just it's used differently than we ever hear about and i'm not saying anyone is going to pressure anybody to to do something like that but that to me would be compelling. Totally. It'd be cool. Thing. Whether it's charity, whether it's like give it to low levels, people like whatever, like staffers, et cetera. Like that. I mean, I hope that becomes, you know, part of the equation here for whatever team wins. Like that'd be a cool, like you said, like compelling, like obviously a good story. Um, and, but yeah, like we'll see again, we will see how this plays out. It'll be fast. Like, again, I think if it's, you get some Cinderella, if you get some like Detroit Pistons or some other like, rebuilding team that makes a run to the, like the Vegas like that. I think you get the, you'll get the March madness NCA component of it. It'd be like, Oh, that, that's, that's fun. But yeah, beyond that, if it's, if it's just boring teams and same old story, um, then it, I don't think it's going to create much buzz. Have anything to add before we let B Rob go back to dad duty. I think I, I'll, I'll just, I'll piggyback off of uh, B Rob very quickly. Uh, this stage, People aren't going to care. As we get to the knockout stage, it'll become way more interesting. I think he's dead on about that. I think nobody cares right now because these games are like whatever. And then, especially for the C's, like their group isn't spectacular. Like, exactly. They, they There's no good games group. in there. Yeah. Like it's, it's <laughs> going to be whatever. But when they start to be like, if the Celtics, gonna, if the Celtics don't make it to Vegas, I'm going to be pissed. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going <laughs> to be so pissed because look, you want to win the first one. Come on. Like I'll be, I'll be into it once. Like the, when the, these games really, really, really count. Like I'm gonna be, I'll be all. I'll, I, it's one thing I don't. Maybe we get to this after B Rob's gone, but Coffin, I disagree with like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Something's clearly broke, and at least trying to do something. But we'll maybe hold that for when B Rob's gone. Yeah, we'll do that at at some. But we'll, look, I I would like to care as as this thing develops and yeah, but you gotta do something like there's clearly a there's clearly a problem with the nba regular season you have to do something you can't just be like rolling it out there for the the kajillionth time 76 years now or whatever the nba is now i don't have a problem with it the, i mean the problem with the regular season comes down to things like load management and yeah you know, but they're not gonna like happen, not play games they're getting scratched three seconds before the game actually starts screwing up my dfs lineups yeah, these but, are the things that that i care about i don't I don't think like regular season games are allowed to just be regular season games. We don't need to make them any different, you know. But, this, you, but the the, like the rest the, the rest stuff is bad. As, and Tatum said it. Tatum's like, you know, kids that go come see me on a Monday night in Charlotte. Like, I need to play for them because they buy my yeah, again, they buy my shoes. Issue. That's not this in season tournament nonsense. Well, they're trying. They're trying to make the uh, more in season more valuable. I again, I will at least give them credit for trying to do something. Okay. You can't, you cannot continue down this path. You have to do something. 
Is this going to work? I don't know, but at least they're trying <laughs> something. You can catch B Rob on. Uh, I mean, do do we call it the Anything Is Potable podcast now, or, or it's is still potable? Still potable. Still potable. Right? They they why do they keep changing they, their name? Why do they keep they had to rebrand? So yeah, they they've the uh, they moved on from the athletic, and they were not able to keep that exact name, so yeah. they. Stupid. They pivoted exactly right. I mean that's you know. that is what it is. Um, but now it's so it's not anything about it. It's still potable. P O D E A B L E. Still potable. So yeah. yeah, I'll be. Uh, yep. So if you want to check that out for your daily phone weekdays, check us out there. And um, obviously, thanks as always for having me on, boys, and good to catch up. Always. No, we really enjoy it. Check out uh, all of B Rob's great work over at Mass Live, as well as the Still Potable podcast daily with King and Jam, who uh, clearly we need to have on the show at some point in time. We're going to be back with you, if not next weekend, then even sooner. That's 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 me. Say my alarm saying, "All right, hurry up, show's over." Okay. Uh, thanks to Evan. Thanks to B Rob. I am Adam. Rate review. Most importantly, subscribe to the show. We greatly enjoy it and uh, appreciate it. And we will talk to you again next week. We'll see you then.